Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Ready now? Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministry. And this is Season 3, Episode 8, Rise Up to the Love of God. And uh, if you remember last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, we started this podcast and we uh, gave you three or four bullet points on what we're uh, talking about in that particular episode. Well, we got uh, five, uh, six, uh, four, five, and six bullet points for this week. And uh, these bullet points is going to be never too late for Jesus to forgive. Remember the thief on the cross. Five says, love stands up for you. It takes your punishment. Jesus beaten and ridiculed and hung on the cross for our sin. And six was, uh, what are you waiting for? Well, Jesus is waiting on us, but what are we waiting for for him to forgive? And remember a couple weeks ago when we said the, the first bullet points, Number one was love is going out of your way for one another. Well, it does not discriminate. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well while Jesus was asking for some water. That's a good one. That was a good example. And two was love does not condemn and does not choose one over another. In other words, the woman caught in adultery and hypocrisy from a religious leader saying so and so and so and so. And Jesus said what he said. And three was love does not, love not only goes out of his way, but it also heals. The Good Samaritan represented by Jesus healing all eyes. And so we're just going to top it off uh, by continuing on now. Remember, this is Rise Up for the Love of God. All right, first poll, the first poll point we're going to talk about today is number four. It is never too late to forgive. Jesus the thief on the cross. And also, before we start here, I want to apologize for us not completing this episode last week like we promised. We just got held up, and it just wasn't, we were just too busy last week to get things going, because we had a lot of things going on. We are trying to prepare for things, so I'm pretty, we are deeply sorry for not finishing up last week, like we promised, but we are going to finish up this week. Again, topic number four, it is never too late for the love of Jesus. Welcome, everyone. Yes, and again, we do apologize. It's just one thing happened after another and it we couldn't get to it we were just exhausted by the time we got done but we here we're here as promised and we're going to take up and finish this one and next week is going to be even better it's rise up uh and be healed uh receive the touch of love so be looking forward to that one so it is never too late to receive god's forgiveness you're never too late. You haven't done too much. You're not too far gone to receive the love of, and forgiveness of, of Jesus Christ. And this the very good example is Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 43. And if you'd like to follow along. There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, 
he saved others, let him save himself if he's the Christ, opposing God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering sour wine, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was also written over him in the letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, saying, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who was, who was hanging, blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are here under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's never too late. What have, what have you done? What have you um, done so far to people, maybe to yourself, uh, that you think you're too far gone? Maybe you're too far in it. Maybe you're sitting in jail and you think, it's, I'm not too far gone. Well, Jesus says, that we don't have to clean ourselves up. That's for him. He just says, come. He, that he died with arms wide open. That you can always come to him. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while everybody was sitting against him, ridiculing him, beating him, he still chose to die on the cross for us. So what are you doing? What's holding you back? And the heck of it is, before this whole entire story began, they kept insisting that Christ would not ride in the way he did. They thought he was going to ride in the, uh, on, on a chariot made of gold, and he rode in on a donkey. And why he was not here for what they thought that he was. He was here to save us. We all know that. But yet we still ridicule him because we just don't believe that he's here to save us. What is so wrong with God riding in on a donkey like a normal commoner? Because he was one of us. He was exactly like us in every single way. God created everybody in his own image. So who else would he send here to save us but somebody that looks just like us, acts just like us, and is as perfect in every way. And yet we put him on a pedestal, which God never put us up. He never meant for us to think that he was on a pedestal. He was a commoner, just like everybody else. I mean, look what he did. He washed slaves' feet because he said that no person is above another. So why would he do that and put somebody above us if, if, when he said that we're not supposed to be that? Everybody is supposed to be the exact same in every way. That's why he, he said in the Bible, he created uh, us humans like, uh, like himself. I don't get that. That's why he came in humbly, because it just shows the character of who he is. You know, he's God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And he came in as Jesus. He came to this earth as Jesus. To die on the cross for our sins when he was sinless. And all he wanted to do was heal people comfort them and show them that he's not above them because he ate with the sinners and the you know tax collectors he healed a leper and he was right there with 
everybody. It was the Pharisees and Sadducees that walked around in their robes looking off highfalutin that they were all that, right? But Jesus came in riding on a donkey, as Donnie said. It was to show his humility, that there's a gentleness about him. And so why should we go around acting in such pride thinking that we're better than everybody else? When Jesus Christ himself did that. He says in uh, John um, 13, 15, I set the example that you should do as I have done. Are we following his example? And I believe it's in first or second Corinthians. It says that we are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors represent a country. How are we representing Jesus Christ? Are we representing hate and judgment? Are we representing love and forgiveness and mercy and comfort? We're not supposed to judge anybody for where they come from, what they look like, what their skin color is, because we all come from God Almighty. He created all of us. So really, we're all family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to get off our high horse and stop thinking we're too good for him. We're too good for anybody else. And, uh, you know, they don't deserve to be saved because they're just not dressed in the right clothes. Um, that's not for you to say. There's only one lawgiver and judge. And he came riding in on the donkey humbly. And he says, just come. And it doesn't matter when you do it. He says, the last will be first and the first will be last. That means salvation is for everybody who will come and receive and call on his name. So the fifth bullet point, love stands up for you. It takes your punishment. Jesus was beaten, ridiculed, and rejected. And he hung on a cross for us, for our sins. Because see why you, you, you may ask why that needs to happen. It needs to happen because heaven is for an eternity. It's forever and ever on end. No end. No end. Do we want the same hate and the same violence and the same ugliness that's here on earth? Do we want that in heaven for an eternity? No. That's why there has to be a difference. And that's why it can only come through Jesus Christ because he was sinless. And we put on his righteousness. We become righteous through him. Simple reason of what happened there. If we all don't know the Bible as well as we should, which we all don't know the Bible as well as we should. God created the heavens and the earth. He also created hell because Lucifer, who was an angel, thought he was too full of himself. He, God cast him down to hell for one reason. We should all know the story of Lucifer. Well, he knew that we as humans were flawed human beings. He knew that. And he knew that there was no way in hell that we were actually going to be able to be good enough to go to heaven. He knew that. He said, there's no way my children are going to be good enough to come to this place. But this place is sinless. There is no crime. There is no Pridefulness. There's nothing but goodness and all the streets made of gold in heaven. It's a perfect place and will always be a perfect place because God created it. So the only thing that he could do, which he knew he was going to have to do it when he created the heavens and the earth, was to send his son Jesus, who is him, 
down here to be slaughtered by his children. That's what we did. We killed him. We hung him on the cross because we didn't believe who he said he was going to be. Why we are so blinded by our dumbass stupidity is beyond me, but we are. We're flawed human beings. Simple as that. We are flawed human beings. We've always been flawed. We always will be flawed. We can't see past our own noses. And God knew this. He knew that. So he sent Jesus down here to take our punishment, to take our ridicule, to take us beating the living daylights out of the poor guy and hanging him on a cross because we couldn't see who he really was. And he took that for us to die so we would be able to go to heaven because all we would have to do is repent. And we can't even do that. And aren't we still doing that today? We criticize what we don't understand. And really, it shows just how ignorant a person is when they're going to criticize something they don't know the first thing about. So come on, you know, get a little smarts on you. If you're going to criticize something, if you're going to criticize uh, any religion, if you're going to criticize any book, why don't you read it and get your knowledge straight first? Then you have the knowledge to do it right. But if you're going to criticize something that you don't fully understand, you don't know the first thing about really know it. You only know by what other people's passed on along with you. How many of us know that most of gossip that comes around is not true? It's not the whole truth. It's only half truths put together to make somebody else look bad. So if you're going to criticize something, know what you're talking about. Because we do the same thing. If it's something we don't agree with, we, we, we criticize people. But when we ourselves are doing it, we don't want anybody criticizing us for what we do. Isn't that being hypocritical? Back to our bullet point. We're going to read, Bonnie's going to read Isaiah 52, verse 14. Okay. Just as many were astonished at you so his visage visage was married marred married something was marred more than any man in his form more than the sons of men verses 14 who has uh, who has believed our report this is verse uh, 53 who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground, and has no form, comingless. And when he see him, there is no beauty that which that we see should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he was born our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, chastisement for our peace, and uh, was upon him by his stripes, and were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord said, laid on, laid on him the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth and he laid, at, he laid as a lamb to the slaughter. 
That's what we did to him. I'm just summarizing the rest of it, but that's what we did to him. The only thing he came down here for is to save us from ourselves. And we did that. Everybody seen, I'm sure everybody by now has seen The Passion of the Christ, because that's an old movie. But it was an awesome movie made by Mel, Mel Gibson. We did that same thing that you're talking about in, on this paper. We did that in the movie. The shows, he, we did not recognize that man's face at all. He was ripped to shreds. His skin was torn like tissue paper, all because we didn't believe that he was indeed the Christ. And then when he died, he created an earthquake and tore apart the temple. And the people still didn't believe that he was the Son of God. He even ripped the temple apart, and they still didn't believe that he was the Son of God. Yes. And um, if you really want to know how bad he was beaten, uh, look it up. Look it up what they used to beat him with. They had little stones on the end of little leather strips that come out from this rod. They beat him with that. Can you imagine? And they beat him and beat him and beat him. And those rocks were digging into his skin. He did that for us. That ought to bring tears to your eyes. So I'm going to finish up Isaiah chapter 53. He, as it was saying, so he opened not his mouth. He didn't even say anything. He just took it. He was taken from prison and from judgment. and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for their transgressions of my people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had no violence in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, you shall see a seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand, and he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. For by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession. For the transgressors he did that for us that's what love does that's what love does he did that for us and like donnie was saying if you haven't seen the passion of the christ you really ought you really ought to watch it because verse 14 of chapter 52 in isaiah that's what it describes and it describes it and it shows it to a T in that movie. And then you can see for yourself what he went through on behalf of us. And all he did for the people was heal them and talk to them, teach them and feed them. How is that being hateful? Hmm, just saying. And we're going to come back when we come back and read Mark chapter 15. And it is a very long chapter. So if you want to have your Bibles with us. Um, but it is worth it because it really drives in the point of what we're talking about. Yeah, so we're right back right after this. We hope you enjoy this song. It's by Jordan Police, Never Too Far Gone. So we'll be right back right after this. I have loved you from the start. 
I have seen your hurting heart And you feel so lonely But you keep on hiding Cause you feel so guilty For what you've done Hope you enjoyed that song by John Felice, Never Too Far Gone. And we're going to continue on with this topic. And uh, we're going to start off with this verse, Mark 15, 1 through 32. As the wife said, it's a fairly long one. So if you want to read along in your Bible, you're more than welcome to. Immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council. They, they bound, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer do you answer nothing? So how many things they, they testify against you, but Jesus still answered nothing. So that Pilate marveled. 
taking the place of Barbarus. Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels, and they committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to, uh, to do just as he always done for them. But Pilate answered, saying, that, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred the crowd so that they would rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with them, whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? They cried all out, Crucify him. They couldn't even answer him the simple question, What did they do to him? He did nothing except for saying, except for saying on occasion, He was the Christ. He very rarely ever said who he really was because he always answered most of the time. I think he only answered three times that he was Christ. Most of the time, he asked him, who do you say I am? Because he was humble. And he knew that they knew the answer. He said, why do I want to repeat myself when you already know who I am? Why do you need me to say it? There was no reason for him to say it because he knew who he was and they knew what he was because he always proved himself by feeding a thousand, on 500,000, I think he was fish and bread. Who else do you know would do that? Who could do that? Nobody. And yet they still wanted to persecute him. Yes, he didn't defend himself because he knew who he was. How many times do people get together and they cause a stir and they start yelling in the in the crowd? which is kind of brainless, goes along. Why can't people think for themselves? Why do they have to be moved and motivated, you know, by other people to, to do wrong and to judge people and, and create riots? Do you see the children of God out there creating riots? No, I haven't seen that once. Mm -mm. It's only those who want to fight against what this is about and the thief comes to steal kill and destroy and jesus says i have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly that's in john 10 10 so if it's causing division if it's causing any kind of riots or negativity satan is behind it and he's you know he's manipulating their minds he's putting thoughts into them that comes out as their own and in these quiet, in these riots, in these crowds, where people are raging against somebody else, but yet you can't talk against them. You say something against what they believe, and oh man, they get all out of all out of whack. Like I said, kind of two-faced and hypocritical. But Jesus, he didn't say anything. He didn't defend himself. People, we need to stop being replicas of somebody else. God made you unique in a special treasure possession. Read 2 Peter 2.9. It says you are his special possession. And so why do we need to go around being replicas of somebody else's? If we don't have a brain, we can't think for ourselves. Stop being like everybody else. Be who God created you to be uniquely you. Continuing on with the rest of us. Um, the chapter so Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd 
release Barabbas to them. He delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole garrison and they clothed him with purple and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, bowing the knee. They worshipped him, and this was their mocking. They were doing it sarcastically. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off of him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Syrian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. And when they had also crucified two robbers, on, one on his right and the other on his left, so the scripture was fulfilled and says he was numbered with the transgressors and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you who destroyed the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend from now on the cross, that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. You see, we're not supposed to mock the Lord. We're not supposed to put him to the test. Faith isn't faith if you're not believing. If you have it and you can see it, what the, what is what do you need faith for? And it really almost just reading this brings me to tears. Because he let them treat him that way. He let them treat him so badly and they mocked him. And, 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 you know, what did he do to deserve all that sarcasm? And see, that, that cross weighed over 300 pounds. And... Even he needed help. So if you read in Hebrews chapter 2, it says that he was made in the flesh so he could understand our weaknesses. See, he needed help. So he knows in our times of need that even we're, we're going to need help. And that's why he tells us to cry out to him. And, and, and in the scripture, it said that they always said, uh, well, if you can help others, why can't you help yourself get off the cross? They didn't understand that he wasn't supposed to get off the cross. Because if he got off the cross, think about it. Everything that he went through for us would have been for nothing. He knew that we would not get to heaven otherwise. He knew that this earth wasn't our home. Our home is in heaven and there's no way we were good enough as we were to ever reach heaven. So Jesus had to die on the cross. They didn't get that. No matter how many times he told them, they did not get that. It's like, hey, 
we are told a dozen and one times to do something or else it's going to be bad. And what happens? We never do it. We can't see what's in our face. We can't see what's right there in front of us. My wife often tells me all the time, what did you do, a man look? Because I can't see what's in front of me. Same scenario there. He was meant to die on the cross to save our sins. We couldn't do it otherwise. There's no way we were going to make it to heaven otherwise. And do you want to die? Do you want to stay here on earth forever? Hell no. So in summarizing, we read about the Samaritan woman that Jesus, he went out of his way. He didn't have to go through the way he went. He needed to go. He will go out of your way. He will need to go out of the way to answer your prayers, to reach you, to touch you, to show his love to you. Then, and they weren't even supposed to talk to Samaritans. Jews were not supposed to talk to Samaritans. But see, Jesus is not politically correct. He will do what he has to do to show love to you. And he doesn't care who you are. You shouldn't either. And then the woman caught in adultery, we touched on that. And the hypocrisy of the religious leaders that pulled her out, what were they doing that they saw and caught her in the middle of it, huh? And where was the man anyway? And so, you know, the hypocrisy of people criticizing everybody else for their sins, but then they don't look at themselves. And there is a verse in the Bible that says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eyes? First, take out the plank in your own. Meaning that you probably have some bigger sins. And then, well, it doesn't only lose out of your way. It talks about the Good Samaritan. How all the religious leaders and people that had their nose up in the air and they were so legalistic and so religious that they were just too good to touch this poor man that was beaten and robbed and left to die on the side of the road. But then the, a good Samaritan who everybody thought, you know, they just need to stay away from us. He's the one that came. He's the one that took care of him and paid and left him for the innkeeper and said he would be back. symbolism for Jesus. He leaves the, the innkeeper is the Holy Spirit and he, leave, he leaves the Holy Spirit here to help us his Holy Spirit to help us in our time of need, to comfort us and to speak to us when we need a word from God. And the thief on the cross even believed. The thief on the cross even believed. And it's never too late. He was about to die. So even if you're on your deathbed, it's never too late for you to receive Jesus Christ. And I know that I'm speaking to someone out there and I'm praying for you. And the Lord does want to touch you. And he wants to bring you home with him. And whoever that was for, it just came to me. Um, God is saying he loved you. Cry out to him. Don't have to make no big deal prayer about it. Just say, I believe, forgive me, and receive me. You know, it can be as simple as that. And so, love takes your punishment. It will stand in for you. So that's the summarization. So, what are you waiting on? Are you ready to receive eternal love and salvation? It's just a prayer away. And it's just that easy. It doesn't have to be difficult. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to come. And he will do the rest. He will heal you, save you, restore you, forgive you. 
He will restore whatever family relationships have been broken. Just come to him, ask him, have patience with him, and give him the time to do it in his way, and he will do it. And then he promises to give you an eternal home in heaven. So what are you waiting for? Well, that's the thing. He don't want perfect people. Perfect people doesn't exist. The only person that's perfect in this world is God because he created it. But in the Bible, you notice he uses Paul, which his real name was Saul. He murdered people. He was a murderer. He was a piece of crap murderer. And he used him. He changed his life around. He used David. He couldn't keep his junk in his hand. He he, uh, he womanized every woman he could possibly find. He probably had 20 wives by the time he was done. He used him. He turned his life around. He used a bunch of other thieves that just murdered the Christians all over the place. He doesn't want perfect people. As I said before, perfect people don't exist. No creature in America is perfect. No creature in the entire world is perfect. We all have our flaws because we're all human beings. Get the picture? Nobody, and I repeat this and stress this more than anything, nobody is perfect. Christians aren't perfect. We're flawed just like everybody else. The only thing that we know, the only thing that we know is that we we have that's for forgiveness, probably on a day, on a daily basis. Because we everybody sins on a daily basis. Probably Christians more so than anybody else sins. We're not perfect, we're flawed. But we know in the end of the day we have to ask for forgiveness. We always have and we always will. So continuing on, Romans ten, nine and ten says that if you confess with your mouth to the Lord uh, the Lord Jesus Believe in your heart that God rose from the dead. He will save you. That's what I just said. It goes along with nobody's perfect. For the for with the heart of one believes unto unrighteousness, and with the mouth confess is made confession is made unto salvation. Will you pray? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father in heaven, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask you your forgiveness for my sins. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to serve you with all the days of my life. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Thank you so much for loving me and waiting on me to come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you for my salvation. Please help me guide me in learning your word so I can be the light of the world. Please, Jesus, come into my heart. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you and praise your holy name. And that's all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't have to... Um, Say any specific prayer. It can be one prayer that laid on your heart. That's for God's forgiveness. And the commonest conception is that there's a, uh, a, a Lord's Prayer. There's no such thing as a Lord's Prayer. Your prayer can be anything you want, as long as because you're all you're doing is talking to your best friend in heaven, and He is your best friend. Well, I have to rephrase that. Fair there enough. is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew uh, chapters. Um, six but what he meant is you don't have to pray it that way and it was only given as an example of how we should pray because god wants us to come with sincere hearts come with a sincere heart full of faith it says that in hebrews chapter 10 i think that's verse 22 and so it was meant as an example of how we should pray. I mean, you can pray it if you want, but just get personal with God and don't have to be perfect. 
that that is exactly what I was meaning to say. You didn't have to. Uh, there's no right or wrong prayer to say. That's what I was getting at. So my wife clarified it. Yeah, thank you, honey. <laughs> Yes, we we know each other's thoughts. <laughs> we know each other what other each other means to say, say, and that's why we're so perfect at doing this podcast together. Um, and we're just coming to people who love the Lord, and the, we learn the Lord teaches us, and then as we're taught by the Lord, we present it back to you. So everything that we talk about, guess what? We've been through it, and so we've lived it. I've lived through it. You've heard my testimony, and if you're new to this podcast, go back in the beginning of season one, and you'll hear my story, and you'll hear Donnie's story, and he lives with daily migraines. He's had them for going on, what, 11 years, 12 years? Probably close to it, yeah. And so they're 24-7, and how he can live with it, because I get migraines, and I'm just out for the count if I get the full-fledged migraine. And I don't take, you know, medicine beforehand. And I, I can't do anything. But, you know, on a pain level of 1 to 10, he lives with it daily on a pain level between 6 and 7. Come on, people. Who of us can do that? These are migraines. Have you ever felt, have you ever had one? When he's out for the count, they're more like a level 15 beyond the 10. And I've had them, and there are some doozies. It's like someone's sticking a butcher knife down the middle of your head, and they're just wiggling around just for fun. They they are 20 times worse than a regular headache. And he lives with that. And guess what? Jesus Christ gives him the strength to do it. Just like he gave me the str- strength to overcome what I lived through. So listen to our testimonies. And you'll see that we've been through it. So we come through as we experience and we want to bless you and help you because we've overcome it. So I hope you enjoyed this word. And if you did really pray that word to receive the Lord, we have a free book we want to give you to help you and find a church to get into because you're going to need help because Satan is going to try to come against you and he's going to try to steal what what you just did. Don't let that happen. That's why you need the word of God. That's why you need to be in in fellowship with other believers because it helps keep you strong. They help comfort you, help you, you know, in in your growth. Um, You need that because without your spiritual food, guess what? You're going to get weak and you're not going to withstand the enemy's attacks. And he's not going to sit idly by and let you grow in the Lord. And just like, if you don't eat, you're going to be physically sick and weak. Same it is when you're growing in the Lord. So get out there and find a church and get a Bible to read and get one that you can understand that will help you and read through it. Start in the Gospels. I suggest you start in John and read through the New Testament because there's a lot of symbolism of Jesus in the Old Testament. So to understand the symbolism you first have to get to know who he is so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we send our prayers out to each and every one of you and we send you our love and those who were involved in the hurricane if you've lost anything uh or if you got hurt we just pray for your healing in the name of jesus and if you've lost anything we pray that god will miraculously bless you and provide back better than it was before 
because he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we hope that he restores because he is a restorer in the repair of broken walls. So we really hope that you have gotten a lot out of this podcast. And we pray the Lord comfort you and keep you and bless you, protect you and provide for you in Jesus name. And I'm going to give it back to Donnie to uh, tell you uh, our website and give you some updates. Yes, the updates. Uh, we got uh, we got a Kickstarter campaign going on right now to help us raise money to promote and distribute our the feature film that Jamili Films and Candace Kane is working on, Deep Waters. My wife's book is going to be added, adapted to a TV series to be there filmed on Netflix. Amazon or other streaming apps uh, like Up TV and so on and so forth, and um, we're also that book is being that same book is being featured in a film called Santa's Second Wife, due to be released by uh, by uh, Christmas time. Check it out. We're not sure what the streaming platform is going to be on either Pureflix or Amazon or the other streaming apps. We're not sure yet, but we'll keep you up to date on that as well. And my wife's book, The Train Ride, is going to be released pretty soon from our new publisher, so we'll keep you up to date on that. It's called The Train Ride. And also, just keep, uh, keep uh, uh, if you want any more updates, uh, please uh, just fill out our newsletter. We'll send you out one every month, and you'll get a free book just for subscribing to our newsletter. And just just keep, uh, keep a lookout for other amazing things coming from Your New Life Ministries. And always don't forget, you know you got this when you let God lead the way. And just Go to our web uh, website, fill out their contact us form, and go to Facebook and like us on Facebook. We're on there as well as on Instagram and on YouTube. All right, don't forget, guys, check us out later on. We got another awesome episode coming next week. My wife told you about it earlier in the show. Talk to you later, guys. Bye bye.